Okay, moving on to our next topic, and it's an interesting one as we transition from the Patriots 2022 NFL draft and into the actual process of building a football team, acclimating all these new bodies. Uh, Patriots rookie minicamp will be taking place this week in Foxborough. Unlike the old days, we no longer have access to said rookie minicamp, which was always fun to watch these guys, guys on tryouts and undrafted rookies. But I wrote a column on WEI.com last week where I ranked the 10 draft picks in terms of likelihood of contributing to the football team. And then what do they say that uh, copying is imitation uh, is the highest form of flattery. I go over to uh, the Patriots wire on USA today and our friend Henry McKenna, who knows, maybe a future podcast guest. Um, He does an excellent job. He does. Did the same column where he ranked from one to 10. And then he also included um, Jesus, his site loads slow with all his pictures and everything, Uh, but also included undrafted rookies and ah. bottom i didn't because you know that's a one or two Let, let's start there actually let's actually start in reverse order because we kind of touched on last week cole strange is number one on everybody's list if cole mm-hmm. strange doesn't start at guard play 17 games contribute everybody's going to be pissed off so let's start at the other end of the spectrum patriots announced their undrafted rookies and i want to start with one guy i wrote about yesterday on weei.com that i think would be my selection to continue their 17-year streak. I'm just going off the top of my head there. They're it's ridiculous. a tradition at this point now. It's almost yes. two decades long, Andy. It's right. wild the way they're able so, to develop Udfas. I would go with uh, Brendan Schooler, who is a undrafted rookie out of Texas. Okay. Via Arizona and Oregon, who has played both wide receiver and safety in his not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Six-year college career. Yes, he's a mm, super senior. Um, started super at senior. both positions for full seasons. And he, he certainly looks like he's following the career path a little bit of one Matthew Slater, who is he a safety? Is he a wide receiver? He's neither. He's a Hall of Fame coverage guy. And no matter who you read, pre-draft schoolers, a guy that they expect to be a legitimate core special teams type. And we know nowhere are you going to get more of an opportunity in that role than in New England. You know, the Larry Izzo's, Matthew Slater's, Brandon Bolden's, like the list goes on and on. Brandon Kings, yeah. Brandon so Kings. Many. So I'm going with with Brendan Schooler to be – now maybe he'll be more than that because, you know, Bill always says if you're active for special teams, then all of a sudden you carve out a role – on special on uh, defense or offense but. but i think we can all agree that there was nothing more terrifying than ever you'd hear matthew slater has checked in at wide receiver like oh boy here comes a long pass that's going to sail over his head or bounce off his hands and no disrespect oh. to arguably one of the Felt greatest disrespectful <laughs> one of the greatest special teamers of all time and someone i would put my hat in the ring for not just for patriots hall of famer but legitimate nfl canton hall of famer andy he makes all the sense in the world to make the team uh, to pop for all the reasons that you wouldn't think to be uh, sexy, catch your eye, uh, preseason TV stuff that you'll hear Sosi and, and Zoe talking about. But everything that you just highlighted there, safety, wide receiver, core special teamer, likely last season for Matthew Slater, who I'm surprised even came back for 2022, considering he only had a handful of special teams tackles last year as well. But he can still bring it. And obviously that leadership factor is of immense value for a Patriots team in transition on the sideline and in the field. I think it's a great, a great choice. 
Uh, the other guy, the guy that I would probably bring to the forefront and maybe one, uh, I think Jake Julian's going to give, be given a chance just because of Jake Bailey's ridiculous salary this year to compete for the punter job because $4 million for a punter is nuts. Uh, is it really though? It is. If Jake Bailey can return to 2000, if he can return to 2019, 2020 form, yeah. maybe not so much, but he was no, not good. nothing to do with his salary. It wasn't great. Like, that's my no, point. it does. It does. No, see, to me, it doesn't. If he does the job, the level that earned him the salary, which is going to a Pro Bowl, being an all-pro punter, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody gives a rat's ass that he's making $3.95 million. You know uh, not us, considered? them. The, the see, ownership I does. I don't think they would either. I think what they say is, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is he slow to the ball? He's getting punts blocked. I don't really see those boomers we used to see. You, it, it's all about the performance. It's not about the paycheck. If he's an all-pro punter, I think they will swallow that salary hole. I don't know. Should yeah, but I don't think he's an all-pro punter anymore. I just – I it Again, it's not the salary. It's not the it salary's fault. Uh, it it is. Dude, they, dude they're th Andy, they're $13 million away from being able to sign all of their draft picks, let alone being able to recruit – any other potential free agents like a Trey Flowers or whomever else we all think might be a worthy post-draft addition for the team. So, you know, Jake Julian, $400,000. Jake Bailey, $400,000 plus another $3.6 million. Who's that better? could potentially make a difference. I don't know I yet. Thought, that, I thought Bill cared about production. I thought he... I, that's, know, why gonna that's why if, we're going to find out. That's why we're going to watch. If the, difference, if the difference in production is uh, Jake Julian is only 85% of Jake Bailey, but at a tenth of the cost, Belichick will probably give that trade off. Then that means Jake Bailey's not that good. So again, yeah, exactly. going back to performance. It's got uh, nothing to do with the salary. We'll see. The other guy that I was going to mention, though, like I thought Jake Julian would make for a hearty, robust debate. I was correct. Uh, the guy that I've had my eye on for months now. Now, see, that's not the job of the podcast. And if you whisper shut up on the microphone, people at home can hear it because these are <laughs> dynamic microphones. So yes. now everyone knows you're trying to be a pod bully. Uh, uh, Derek King, the the wide receiver. I knew you were going to pick him. Of it's course. sexy. It's superficial. It's everything that fits. Why is it? But why is it superficial? Because just like they've got a tradition of being able to, but just because I I can wait until this is a video podcast so everyone can see your big jerk face just bobbing around mocking me and trying to literally <laughs> lip sync what I say. Derek King is along the lines of your Jacoby Myers and Julian Edelman, just the same way that they have developed your John Jones and your Malcolm Butlers and your J.C. Jacksons, a small, shifty, speedy guy with twitch. They do not have a small, speedy, shifty guy with twitch over the middle of the field to potentially be a possession or third-down receiver. Why not see? I, I guarantee you he's going to be given every chance to stay and stick around. And if he can play any special teams as well, slight as his frame may be, you may see him making the sidelines come September 11th, 2022. You mentioned, just real quick, I don't want to step on you, Shine, but you mentioned uh, preseason games. Like, these guys could all make preseason, I won't say a lot of fun, but more fun than normal. Because you have, between the draft picks, like Marcus Jones, who could yep. play offense, could play defense, will return kicks, Brendan Schooler, Derek King. Like, you have all these guys you could be like, because, you know, you're also in that phase of the year where there's two guys with the same number, and you're like, Wait a minute, is that is that Derek King at safety? Is, is, now, is he at wide receiver now? Is this the same? Like, I think the second half of preseason games with all these versatile jack-of-all-trade athletes uh, could be really fun. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that could be a lot of fun. My guy, much less glamorous than Fitzy's pick. I'm going to go with Liam Shanahan, the local guy out of Marlboro. Hey, hey, hey. Went to LSU. He was a two-year starter at center for LSU. Previous to that, he started three years for Harvard. So this guy has played five years of college football. He's He's got a master's degree from LSU. He's got a bachelor's degree from Harvard. Like This is the kind of guy the Patriots bring in because he's really smart. He's He works his ass off. Local kids, so it's kind of a nice story. I, I think there's some there's, there's a chance Belichick has a history with undrafted centers. Look at David Andrews. Right. Like I think there's a chance that Liam Shanahan can come in and do something. He's six five, which is taller than I expected. Big boy, uh, a Belichick center to be. But then again, I think just generally the position of center is getting taller. Hundred percent. But he's only three hundred pounds, and, and in some places it even says up like. Only like 270. So he's somewhere in that 270 to 300 range, which is very much on the undersized. But the kid can move. And, and so if you're going to be playing a much more dynamic run offense, Liam Shanahan, Shanahan could give you that movement. And he's played guard. He's played center. He's got versatility. This is a Belichick guy all the way through. And, through. and he may have snuck through all the way to the end of the draft, which would be brilliant. And, uh, and he played at LSU. It's not like he played it. South Dakota. No, he State. played at a football factory, and like yes. you said, he's got the he's got the smarts, kid. Uh, the versatility is also a factor. Um, and, and David Andrews isn't that big. Like he no. might be a whisk. I'm almost six foot two, and we I, when I saw him at the draft party, like we're about looking eye to eye. And he's a dynamite guy, and he's been he's awesome. listed at six three three hundred. Six three, right. yeah. So he's a whisker taller than I. Three hundred pounds. If you can beef up this kid, maybe again could be another one to add some depth to the guard because aside from Basically, Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn, is, is his job even secure? I can't guarantee it. David Andrews, his may or may not be. On when you is, and obviously Cole Strange, you could have between four and five offensive line spots up for grabs and or auction. Funny little story about David Andrews also from the draft party. Uh, for anyone that's a diehard fan of Bayer offensive line of the Patriots, he said that he did meet with Belichick before the draft years ago. Belichick looked him in the eye and said, look, I like you. I'm not going to draft you. And hey, and Andy. David Andrews was like, what? Did I tell this story last week? Hey, Andy, it, this is a great story. I'm glad we got to hear it for a second time. Damn but it. I forgot I told it last week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, in, in I, Sorry, I don't, my bad. I don't, my bad. all good. I don't wish this on David Andrews, but if, if Liam Shanahan makes the roster and Andrews gets injured, right. I could re like you could realistically see a kid like Shanahan sliding in. And would there be some drop off? Yeah, of course. David Andrews is a, a fantastic center. But I think he could step in and fill that role. And so I think there's a really good chance he, he makes the roster and, and at least can show some contributions at some point throughout the year. Andy, what about your actual list versus Henry McKenna's now getting to the 10 draft picks? Well, um, that, the most interesting thing is right off the bat, not Cole Strange right off the bat. No, Everybody yeah. has Cole Strange ones. But number two, Henry McKenna went with Jack Jones, the cornerback out of ASU. Wow, really? He thinks he he writes, you know, uh, Mac Jones is rotating with Malcolm Butler and Jalen Mills as early as week one. Maybe Mac, maybe Jack Jones. So I, I think that would be interesting. Um, I, I think given the depth chart at corner, I think there's an opportunity. I went with Marcus Jones higher mm -hmm. because of what I said earlier. I think he's going to be active as your punt returner and kick returner. And yep. that means he's guaranteed to be in uniform so that when, Jonathan Jones pulls a hammy and Bill looks and he's like, who the hell's going in at Jones? Get in there. Right? Like he's, he's available. <laughs> Which one and coach? 
Yeah, I know. Who? Which I need more clarity here. I need more five of us. They literally have three Jones that play small, under six foot, shifty slot corner and nickel. So like, right. uh, it's it's kind of wild. I I did a little deep dive also too, like grabbing some fun stats just to like, hmm, I wonder if this draft actually may turn out better than we all thought because we all overreact to the draft, and that's the nature of podcasts and nonstop consumption of too much football media. Yeah. You digging for optimistic takes? I exact. Uh, would you believe it? I'm back Shocker. in my lane, baby. And you know what? I am much more comfortable PR Fitzy here. is back, baby. Um, so <laughs> is that Jack a big Jones, bucket of water? It. Is that a big bucket of water you're carrying? The Patriots logo behind you? Is that is that what that is? Yes, actually, Andy. If you lean forward in the camera a little more, your tail shows. Uh, so it, that's just awful. <laughs> no one needs to know that. So uh, Jack Jones apparently second best in the Pac-12. In terms of man-on-man coverage last year, which is not too, which is not too bad, uh, and Marcus Jones. Did you guys know Marcus Jones was Pro Football Focus's highest-rated corner in single yes. coverage over the last two years? Like that, that slipped by all of the blogospheres yep. and uh, social media's the first so couple I, of nights. Like that's impressive. Can I ask a question then? Because I think before, prior to the draft, I know Andy and I had talked about maybe a shifting philosophy on defense mm -hmm. that there, there might be a lot more safeties on the field and a lot more zone coverage. For sure. These two draft picks scream man coverage. So is Belichick just covering his bases or is there actually not going to be this giant shift in philosophy? And it's just the size of the linebackers. That is the only thing that's really going to change on this defense. Andy. Yeah. I'm not even sure how much that will change with Jawan Bentley, potentially in the mix there as a bigger linebacker and Raekwon McMillan, who, We'll probably get to on a future podcast, I think is getting greatly overlooked in all this Cameron McGrone love. I think that uh, Raekwon McMillan is the guy that you may see a hell of a lot more of on defense this year. But um, no, I, I think Bill has and always will want to be multiple, have the ability to play man and zone. I don't think he'll ever want to say, wow, we went down a road personnel wise that I can never play man coverage again. I, I just, I don't think, that's not how he's built. That's not how he's done it for 45 years. So I think he now they're undersized. You know, this was one of the quotes that was out there from Mike Giardi was that this was a uh, Matt Grow draft because, you know, it, his fingerprints were on it. These guys didn't look like Belichickian type players with the, yep. the slow three cone for um, Thornton. The non-power five schools. The right. shorter, not as not as long cornerbacks. I don't know about that. I think Bill has drafted or brought in so many players of so many shapes and sizes and measurables over the years that people get a little bit too caught up in the prototype. And even, even uh, grow pushed back during the draft when asked about Thornton, he was like, I don't know. We had uh, Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Are those guys from the same prototype? And you're like, no, they're obviously not. They're totally different guys. So, you know, they bring in players that they think can be good enough to make their team and help their team. Uh, and I personally think Marcus Jones is getting undervalued as a corner Fitzy. Like you pointed yeah. out, I think everybody looks at him and says, Oh, he was a return man. Yeah. No, no, no. He's a really good corner too. Size uh -huh. is a question, but yep, he's yep. a really good cornerback. Well, Asante Samuel was small. And as much as I don't like the fact that he dropped an easy pick that would have sealed the dynasty and that the, he claps back at bill all the time on social media, wasn't big, but he was a ball Hawk and that's all that you need. That's all you just need somebody with a good nose for the ball. And that's one of like, I've seen plenty of cutups where like he gets off his leverage sometimes and like crosses up on the first step, but has great recovery speed and a knack for the ball. And so does Jack Jones and Belichick. If, if anything, the reacting to and preparing for 
either how he was caught off guard or the way things are developing is one of the is one of those uh, assets and attrib attributes rather that keeps him at the top of the game. All these spread offenses, he's going to need a lot of small, quick people to keep up with the flood of pass catchers and running backs all over the middle of the field, let alone running quarterbacks and having guys like your Jack Jones or especially a Marcus Jones. That's going to factor into the equation. I do buy into the idea that this defense is going to go beyond super flex, that you're going to see formations and safeties that you're just like, wow. It's like, go back. What is it? What they call it? The old cocktail party where you have a bunch of like a couple guys standing around the line and who's a linebacker, who's a safety, who's a corner. You're going to see yep. everything to confuse and cover. I think over the next season or, or next couple of seasons. Uh, and, and I think these guys, what these guys will contribute. Uh, the, the one guy I, I saw on the list of the 10 draft picks, like I want Tyquan Thornton to work out the most because you know, chicks dig the long ball and who seems like he's going to be able to deliver the home run shot for the offense better than literally the fastest guy in the history of the combine. Um, I'm not going to go back to my guy, Pierre strong from last week. I think Stuber has a chance. Stuba. I think Stuber has like, again, back into the, uh, Ooh, look at this stat that was just sort of like laying around the corner of the internet. Apparently like second best tackle in the big 10 in terms of pass pro and sacks allowed over the last couple of years. Like how a big wide body, just a large O like Stuba could lay around long enough to go at the end of the draft. Play like, that like, feels like for such Michigan? a Belichick. Oh my God. Pick, absolutely. Like, like there's your starting left tackle in 2022. Prototypical Belichick. But, uh, exactly. I don't think I don't think athletically he can do starting left tackle, but it will not stun me because Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown both get hurt. Both availability is a concern with both of those guys right. over the course of their career. Nine game over under on each of them this season. Right. So Stuber will be there. I think there's an opportunity for a swing tackle, a young swing tackle um, to develop. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know some of the guys that are here in the background, what they think of those guys have they, as they've developed sort of in the program. But I think Stuber athletically probably faces some challenges. I know there was some talk of maybe moving him inside to guard or even center. Mm. But if there's talk of that, he may also have multiple position versatility, which could help him get active as an extra offensive lineman. I want to say he was an All-American uh, for Michigan. He was certainly All-Conference, I believe. Um, so this is a guy that, yeah, it's one of those guys that was more productive in college at a big program that the Patriots have gotten players they like out of named Mike Onwenu, and he went lower in the draft than you might've thought based right. on that resume. So he's definitely a guy that I think is an interesting contribution. Again, if you want to join the conversations, tell us no, which tell us no, which rookies that makes no sense, but we'll roll mm -hmm. with it. You think we'll have an impact beyond the obvious ones. Everybody wants Jones or Thornton and certainly strange, maybe some of the undrafted rookies, but you can hit us up. Six rings pod at gmail.com. That's six rings pod at gmail.com. Anytime, anywhere, shoot us an email. I promise Shime will read it. Not and just to clarify, it's the number six. Do not spell out six. It's just the number um, six rings pod. Yeah. Just to clarify again, it's the same with our Twitter handle. It's at the number six rings pod. Yeah. At six, six rings pod at gmail spelled out. That's actually uh, a shoe store. <laughs> so you don't want to use that one, Andy. It's just the number six rings pod or at SIX rings pod. What does that mean? It's just a misdirection for the sake of levity, you ding dong.